morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another installment of Weekend Update. From high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from a very snowy Casper, Wyoming. First, the Redcoats tried to poison me. Then, I almost got trapped in a blizzard on Elk Mountain. And now, I'm trapped in Casper because the roads were too terrible. I had planned on doing a full-blown installment of the program this morning, but thanks to Luke Reiner and the Wyoming Department of Transportation, we're stuck in Casper. I'm here with Representative Mark Jennings. Mark, how are you doing tonight? Really good. Glad to be on. Survived the the snowstorm. Yeah, the roads are pretty amazing coming in. Wow. You did, you did okay driving, though. For not being able to see the road, we got here. Now, I told you all you had to do was travel along the rumble strips. I didn't ever hit the rumble strips. No, you never did. Yeah. So you had an interesting day in the in the house today. You were able to kill one of the substitute bills. Actually, I think I think those were the substitute bill that they brought as strictly amendments because they hadn't been able to put it on in committee, right? Right. That that was the one that. They did everything you you would have had to have done to create a substitute bill. They just didn't say the word. Yeah. The substitute bill thing has kind of gotten out of hand for sure. I can remember them doing one or two in the past, but they've already done four. Well, there was, there was Jeremy Harrelson's bill. Right. There was two from Bo Beitman on the ESG, ESG bills. ESG bills, yeah. And then there was uh, Senator Hutchings. So the one that came up today was Senate File 151. What was that one about? That was Lynn Hutchings' bill that they did not get that on her bill. They just put a whole bunch of amendments. They did a committee of the whole amendments. Um, And then Representative Zwanitzer offered to run the substitute bill amendments today. Yeah, well, he was on the floor, and he said, go ahead and kill this, and I'll run nine more amendments. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if he really does that or not. He probably will run some amendments, but uh, whether he'll run that many of them, I don't know. Well, Mark, usually during during just about every session of the Wyoming legislature, there's a number of gun bills that get introduced, and most of them make it to the floor. But this session, there there really wasn't that many. No, um, Kinski's preemption bill made it to the floor. There was one other, uh, some to do with preemption. I can't remember if that was Driscoll's, Um, but that was all that survived. Kinski had two other bills that did not make it. Uh, They were not all that good. Um, So the preemption one was the best that came out out of the three that Kinski ran. I ran the red flag law. Um, Haroldson ran. Jeremy Haroldson ran the um, gun free zones, of which uh, was another substitute bill. I was surprised they didn't have a substitute bill prepared for mine, and and they did do an awful lot of amendments to it and then killed it. Well, the fascinating thing about your bill is they spent well over an hour discussing it, and they added some amendments, and then appropriations killed it. Yeah, the appropriations 
committee actually what was interesting to me that bill kind of came together at the last minute type thing and it really their amendments really some of them had pretty had helped it out quite a lot it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad bill but it was too wordy um i think it came um from goa maybe kind of a blend of some other states and it was just a little bit too wordy and i had gotten it way late in the game but that was interesting because really it was uh it was in pretty good shape at the point they decided to kill it so so i know one thing that a lot of people don't quite understand is that bills get sent to committees that don't sound like they have anything to do with that committee yeah. You know, for example, your gun bill went to appropriations, which it didn't it didn't need any funding added to it. Typically, the gun bills go through judiciary because they're more of a legal issue. And I was actually told that that, that mine would go to judiciary. And then um, at the last minute, the speaker said he was sending Jeremy's and mine to appropriations. And um, appropriations is kind of a a committee that kills a lot of bills. And so we had concerns at that point that that's why they were being sent there. Well, certainly Representative Haroldson's bill. I mean, that would have eliminated most gun-free zones. Yeah. And, And it should have gone to judiciary. Both of those bills would have made it out of judiciary. Um, I don't know where... Senator Kinsky's other two bills died if they died in committee or on the floor in the Senate, but I never did see either one of them. Well, his preemption bill is is interesting because pretty much all of Wyoming was under the impression that state gun regulations or state gun laws trumped any sort of local ordinance, but that wasn't the case, was it? No, I think, I believe... My understanding of that one's correct was that was the um, Firearms Freedom Act, that the wording on it was not right in the original. And so this preemption goes back and picks that up so that localities cannot, you can't have patchworks um, at the state level. Well, a lot of people in Wyoming don't know that most communities at one time had an ordinance preventing people from carrying firearms within city limits. The one in Buffalo um, was written in 1887, and, I mean, it's still on the books. So that was a good catch on Senator Kinsky's part. I think that may have come out of some of the legal minds of NRA, is what my understanding was, that they maybe have caught that. Now, you did have a bill that made it out of both the House and the Senate. Why don't you tell us about that one? Acquisition study bill. We've been working on that one for two, three years because the hyperinflation of property taxes across the state, but specifically in a number of of, uh, counties, uh, is something that uh, brought us to the forefront some of the problems in the current system that's used for the last 37, 38 years uh, called fair market value which kind of it's anything but 
and uh, it lends itself to being manipulated a little easier. And so acquisition is, most people would relate it to Prop 13 out of California, where your property taxes are based upon what you acquired the property for. And uh, this study is, because there's not a panacea of one idea, but <clears throat> the idea of the study is to is to figure out what that might look like to be able to change over to acquisition. It would have a 2-3% cap and what that would look like so that we don't make some of the mistakes that might uh, have come with Prop 13. All right, well, you have one week of the legislature left. What can, uh, what can people expect to see in this upcoming week? You know, there's still several good bills that are kind of trapped in there. Uh, Chloe's bill is came out of appropriations with a do not pass, and um, usually you think about that killing the bill, but it actually puts it at the very bottom of the list. So, if we make it through, there's probably I think there's 15 bills or so that are on uh, committee of the whole for Monday. If we were to make it through those, then we actually could pick up and and do Chloe's Law. There's uh, a couple of ESG bills that we could and should look at. Um, So there's still, uh, there's the the pharmacy bill that we were talking about earlier, and right now it's not in, in bad shape, so it's very much worth looking at. So there's still a close to a half a dozen bills that are worth looking at. There's a lot of bills that are not not good bills. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or maybe a giant warehouse for your business, then you should call my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. My friends, it's Saturday, and you know what I'm thinking about? Hot Wings. Hot Wings from the Wing It Food Truck. They make the most amazing wings in the state of Wyoming. And not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. They're incredible. Now, the way that you could figure out where that truck is going to be is just go to CowboyStatePolitics.com and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you'll find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. And now, back to our program. One of the bills that's still on the list is called ICWA. What's that one about? The tribes, it's federal law pertaining to the tribes and it has to do with um, whether or not children are being placed in homes off the reservation or or on the reservation 
and it's it's one of those hard bills, especially for us conservatives, because we'd kind of like to not see more government intervention. But that's been in place since 1978, and the Supreme Court is looking at that. Uh, they're expected to possibly make changes. They could strike the entire thing down. Um, and so that particular bill would essentially just leave the federal law and bring it to the state for a short term. Um, I think there's a sunset on there, probably four years or six years, and uh, give give the tribes and the state time to work those issues out if the Supreme Court strikes those down. Well, part of the problem is that you know we've we've created a, a whole system of dependence. Yeah, I mean I don't know how many years the federal government has been supporting um, reservations, but it's been a very long time. Yeah, treaties going all the way back before statehood, um, and that that's part of the problem was unwinding this whole yeah, system. It is. It very much is. the The tribes are very proud people as they should be, but we've interjected the government into their lives uh, in ways that are not good, that, that makes dependency. And so the overall goal would be to get government out of people's lives. Well, stopping that program right now would be akin to completely stopping our welfare program tomorrow, right. like overnight. Yeah. It, it's just something that you can't do. Yeah, it'd be very... I think it'd be very detrimental to unwind something and try and do it that way, you know, immediately. It's one of those things where it really needs to be looked at in how can we stop this government dependency with the least amount of harm to the people and yet um, bring them to a place where it's a personal responsibility on their own part. So if you had to look at the, the whole session, Mark, how do you think it's gone for conservatives? Well, um, there's there's been both the good and the bad with it. Um, we've lost a lot of most of our bills of the things that I would consider good and conservative. On the other hand, we've stopped a lot of bad bills from the more liberal mindset. And so it's probably fairly close to a wash. It's almost gridlock, what some people, but for a conservative, we would rather, I would rather lose my good bills if I'm able to stop a lot of bad bills. It's more important to stop bad bills than it is that I can always bring back a good bill. Well, for the last week or two, uh, there really have, haven't been that many bills that have cleared the House or the Senate. No, that's right. It's That's what I'm saying. It's closer to gridlock. There's a lot more conservatives now than there has been in the past, and that that is showing. One of the more surprising bills that was resurrected, I guess we could say, was the Life as a Human Right Act. That one was sent over to the Senate, and for a while it didn't look like President Driscoll was going to sign it to a committee, but uh, he did. He sent it to the Agriculture Committee, and they passed it yesterday. They passed it yesterday, 5-0. They took out the trigger amendment. And they also put on a couple of amendments. Um, they put uh, the exception of rape, incest, and endangerment of the mother's life. But all three of those things, those were on last year's trigger bill, they were too. On the trigger bill. This one is, um, stands a good chance of being signed by the governor, and it, um, it is a better, a more comprehensive bill 
and the trigger bell. And so it is uh, very much an upgrade. Well, one of the things that the Supreme Court said about the trigger bill is that they, they had a lot of a lot of questions and very few answers, and that's why they sent yeah. it back to the district court. And this bill would fix that, wouldn't it? It, it would fix the majority of things there. The thing that, that they had in question that this one has picked up also is those amendments. And so the way that that probably will now get resolved is someone who was conceived in rape is likely to bring forward a lawsuit and say, this is not right that one person who's conceived one way can be can live, but when somebody conceived through rape can be aborted, murdered. Well, I think that's that's a difficult situation for most people. It is. And I... You know, and understandably. Understandably so. Yeah. And, you know, for me, like the answer to it is that every every human being has has constitutional rights, and nobody nobody has a right to to take an, another innocent person's life. Yeah, yeah. It, it, no, no question. It's hard on that on the victim. And uh, but why would we kill an innocent baby? You know, it's uh, well. There's no other crime that we punish punish an innocent person yeah. for what somebody else did. Right. Yeah, like I said, it is a hard circumstance, and certainly, certainly the pro-life uh, movement clearly has to move now more into adoption reform and, and things of that nature, and, and helping unwed mothers and stuff like that, encouraging our communities, you know, our faith communities and things like that, to step up to the get plate and uh, do the right things here in our society. Well, Mark, I appreciate you getting us to Casper safe, even though we had to stay the night here. But thank you very much, and we'll see what happens next week. Always enjoy it, so have a good evening. That'll about do it for this installment of Weekend Update. Have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday when I'll be back in the middle swamp. But for now... I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.